This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We've been doing a series on the Holy Spirit. Our text has been John 14, 16 through 17. This is Jesus' words. He said, I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. We've been doing this series, and we do it, I, I try to do it once a year, and, uh, because I think it's real important that we find out about the Holy Spirit. If we don't know about him, then a lot of times, even though he's there to help us, I, I, I know sometimes people are saying, well, if he's here to help me, how come I, I, I'm not getting more help? But the, the thing is, we have to recognize him. He's not just going to show up in your life, shake you like a rag doll, make you do something. So God never does that. Just think about it. If, if God was going to make us all do something, you ever heard somebody play, Lord, make them repent. That's a, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time praying that way. Don't waste your time praying that God would make someone do something. To say, Lord, open their eyes that they can see. Because when they see, then they can respond. Because if God was going to make us do something, he'd make us all get saved and we'd just go into the rapture tomorrow. We'd go into the millennium. It'd be over. He doesn't make us do anything. He gives all of us a free will, which is great news. But if you never respond then you don't see the blessings. But with the Holy Spirit, if we don't know who he is, if everyone's kind of like, ooh, I don't want any of that Holy Spirit business. No, you, you, you want that Holy Spirit business because he doesn't come to make you weird. He comes to help you. And he is a helper. And we need help. I mean, honestly, what, if, the, if the Lord... If the Lord showed up in your kitchen tonight, you're getting ready, you go, you go to get a glass of milk and you're, he's sitting there in your kitchen going, hey, sit down here for a second. I'd like to help you with some things. Would you look at him and go, nah, it's okay. I got it. <laughs> I'm sure he'd look at you and go, oh, you got it. Okay. How many of you know we need his help? We, we need his help. Uh, I, I remember when we started the church, I had been under John Osteen. He'd been my pastor for years, wonderful pastor. He's in heaven now. And uh, he, we started the church, and uh, I remember thinking when we started the church, man, I'm ready for this. Off we went. About a month after we'd started, he did a, a seminar. He called it a sons and daughters seminar, and it was for everyone who was in the ministry and it was geared toward ministers. Buddy, I was on the front row taking notes because when I started doing this job, I realized how much I did not know and how much help I needed. I still need help. So do you. <laughs> we all need help. Y'all look at me like, this is new. No, you need help. <laughs> I know some of you think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty fine without his help. How much better could you do with his help? If someone came to you and said, hey, no, I know you've got a business. Um, I'd like to be a partner with you in your business. I'm worth about four and a half billion. Are you up for me being a partner? <laughs> yes, sir. Your partnership is welcome here. 
because I know that you can bring some things to the table I don't have, namely four and a half billion. <laughs> so when God says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you, the best thing we could say is, thank you, because you're much more than a billionaire. You're God. You're the Spirit of God. You know everything about everything. And you are powerful. But you created this, this everything, you're, everything you see, he made. Right? You don't think it happened by accident, do you? Random? Oh. If you do, you have much more faith than I do. In the impossible. So, the point of all that is, you need help. I need help. And we have help. So, we talked about last week that the Holy Spirit has been active since creation. We saw him in Genesis first chapter, verse 2, that the Holy Spirit was the one empowering the Old Testament heroes. That always helped me when I realized that David had the Holy Spirit on him, Gideon had the Holy Spirit on him, Samson had the Holy Spirit on him, the prophets had the Holy Spirit on them. And so in the Old Testament, you only saw typically the prophets, priests, and kings. Now, occasionally you would see craftsmen that were actually helping to build the temple that had the Holy Spirit as well. But for everybody else, it wasn't available. That's one of the big benefits. But the prophets begin to talk about it. Isaiah talked about him, described his characteristics. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and move through that. Ezekiel spoke of, of the day that we're living in now. now. I think this is important. Let's take a look at this. Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. The prophet Ezekiel, Old Testament speaking, he said, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. So he's saying, we talk about the new creation. Ezekiel's talking about, he's talking about a new heart, a new creation. And God said, I'm going to give you my spirit to live in you. Now over in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. He said, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own. So we see that at the new birth, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. Everyone, the Bible says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're not His. We, if you've been born again, you've made Jesus your Lord. You said, Lord, I believe the work you did. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're alive today. And when you do, when you believe that, the Bible said that you are, Jesus called it born again, recreated, and we become a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Not old things in our, in our natural body. If you were redheaded before you got born again, you're still redheaded. If you had no hair, you still have no hair. But on the inside, you got changed. And on the inside, you're a new creation. And you're a good new creation because God does not make junk and he doesn't make defects. And so new creations and the Spirit of God now lives in us. That's a real, in fact, that's why Paul was writing to the Corinthian church and he was, this was a church. Corinth was like Las Vegas. And what went on there, phew, probably make Las Vegas blush. It was a pretty rowdy town. And so you had all, man, you had temple prostitutes and you had all this. And the Corinthians were pretty much known as a pretty loose group morally. And, and so Paul was writing to them and he's saying, hey, he's like, stop sleeping around. 
because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own. You were bought at a price. That always goes over real huge, but anyway, it's a good idea. He began to tell them this. He said, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Joel spoke of another day. He spoke of another day, and he spoke of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's outpouring in Joel chapter 2. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Now this is the day we're living in today. And on, and on the day of Pentecost, when the group of 120 poured out of that upper room and they were praying in tongues and speaking in tongues, Paul, Peter stood up and because uh, people thought they were drunk. He said, no, these, these folks aren't drunk. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he quoted this verse, that we're living in a day when the Holy Spirit can not only come and live in us, he can be upon us. And that was a totally new thing for them. He said, and on all flesh, on men's servants and maid servants. And so it wasn't limited anymore. Here's the beautiful thing, guys. The Holy Spirit and his power and his ability is not limited to preachers or to singers or to people who you think are holy. It's available for everyone. Anyone who would simply make Jesus Christ their Lord. We're living in a better day. People say, man, I wish I could have been in the Old Testament and seen all those amazing things. No, listen, amazing now lives in us and can, and can empower us. We're living in a much better day. In fact, remember Jesus told his disciples, he said, I'm going to go away. And they're like, no. And can you imagine they've been walking with Jesus for three years? It was exciting. It was something happening all the time. And Jesus looks at them and goes, actually, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. He said, because if I don't go away, I won't send the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. Yay. If, if the Holy Spirit was an advantage to the disciples who walked with him for three years, how much more do we need that advantage? By the way, anybody seen The Chosen? I rarely recommend television shows, but when I do, they're good. The Chosen... Is, is outstanding. And if you, if you get a chance to see that, you will really enjoy that. It's, uh, you, can go on, you can get it online. And, and, and here's, here's my, this is a plug. I ought to get paid for this, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I think the biggest difference in this, in this Jesus film and most of the other ones I've ever seen is the guy who plays Jesus has the spirit of Christ in him. He's a believer, and he communicates Jesus as well as anyone I've ever seen. He does a great job with it. So that's an unpaid-for announcement and plug for the chosen. Tell him I sent you. But it's great. You, you, you will enjoy that. In fact, most people I recommend, they binge watch it. Anybody ever do that? Last thing I binge watched was 24. This is better. Jesus isn't killing people. He's actually healing them and raising them from the dead. Jack Bauer was killing a lot of people when I binge watched him. Who, who does not remember 24? Go ahead, let me see your hand. We'll pray for you. 
All right. The Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. This is, this is again, we're just kind of tracking his involvement from the creation, Old Testament, what the prophets said. Now we're getting to the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus pre and post birth. The Holy Spirit at conception. Remember the angel appeared to Mary. Luke 1, 34 and 35, Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. He said, you're going to have, he said, you're going to have a baby, Mary. And she said, how's this going to happen? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. You know, I, I, people say, well, I just can't believe in the virgin birth. Listen, if the one who created us and created the heavens and the earth, certainly he can, he can his power can create. I, 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 I'm amazed sometimes. People are like, well, I, I, I just, I, it, there's no way that could happen. Listen, you have to believe in the virgin birth. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, you're not even a Christian. It took a sinless, spotless birth. Jesus never sinned. Spotless, sinless. Without that, we're in trouble. But he did. Mary was a virgin. The Holy Spirit came on her. His power overshadowed her. And what was born of her was called the Son of God. Thank God for it. Shouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, to me, that's, that's easy stuff. Holy Spirit that made us can certainly do that. Holy Spirit also encouraged Mary during her pregnancy. You know, this wasn't easy. Hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. Really? How? Well, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. Power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. Cool. Explain that in the neighborhood. Mary's looking a little chubby. Say, girl, why are you so chubby? Oh, it's not a problem. I'm pregnant. Oh, you are. Uh, you're not married yet. Don't worry about it. It's the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> gotcha. How many of you know in that community, in that time, that girl's in trouble. And so she, uh, she takes the next bus out of town and goes to see her sister or cousin Elizabeth. Look at verse Luke 1 again. Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste. Took a fast bus. Why do you think she's leaving town? So you think that was easy on her? Well, I admire Mary's guts to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to receive this. I, and she had to tell, she could have lost a marriage. In fact, in fact, the Lord had to give Joseph a dream to tell him, it's okay. It's the Holy Spirit. We're all right here. But that took guts for her to believe that. And then took guts for her to have people look at her. You know they're talking. Come on, people. I'm sure no one gossiped back then. No one would say, mm-hmm. Girlfriend's been running around on somebody. Y'all need to loosen up. What do you think? What do you, what do you think happened? Do you think everyone went, oh, I'm sure it's the Holy Spirit. She went with haste. Go back there. She went with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah. Remember Zacharias? John the Baptist's father, the one that still can't talk. 
and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, if you're Mary, how much do you think that helped you? When you walk in and all of a sudden Elizabeth sees you and she speaks out, the Holy Spirit comes on her, she begins to speak out by inspiration. Blessed are you and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She had people talking about her. Now she's got somebody saying, you're blessed because you did this. You're blessed because of the fruit of your womb. How is it that the mother of my Lord, you recognize what a revelation that was? Mary was probably just showing. And she said, that baby in your womb is the Lord. If you're Mary, that had to be relieving. Somebody's not looking at her sideways. Someone's confirming exactly what that angel said. What's born of you is going to be the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit encouraged her. Elizabeth couldn't have known that. Holy Spirit showed her that, revealed it to her. What a help. So we see the Holy Spirit there in that situation. And then the Holy Spirit confirmed Jesus at his dedication. The reason I'm going through all these is I want you to begin to look for him in Scripture. And if you begin to look for him, you'll find him. The Holy Spirit I'm talking about. It's kind of like when you look for a car and you settle on or a vehicle and you're like, okay, we're going to get a truck. We're going to get a Ford F100, 150. Is it 150? <laughs> they don't make an F100. Mercy, people, all right? Mercy. If you ever stand up and speak, I won't judge you either. Okay, so here's how we go. When you, how many of you know when you land on the vehicle, F-150, that you see a gazillion of them on the road? There are probably a gazillion of them on the road anyway, but now you spot them. Why? Because you're looking for them. When you begin to look for the Holy Spirit in scriptures, you're going to find out he's a lot more involved than we thought he was. So he's involved. He's helping Mary. He just encouraged Mary through Elizabeth. He just encouraged Mary when, when Jesus was born because the shepherds showed up. Now, about eight days later, they're taking Jesus to be circumcised and he, get, he encourages her again. So let's read this Luke 2, 25 and 30. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Man, that had to be a, an amazing thing. Simeon, older guy, the Bible says he was just and devout. He was a godly man. He was praying, he was believing that God would send a Messiah. And the Holy Spirit at some, at some point in time in his life had witnessed to him, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the salvation of God. You're going to see the Messiah. So we don't know what Simeon was doing that day, but Jesus showed up in the temple and Simeon just, man, he felt impressed to go to the temple. 
And he goes to the temple and he sees that baby. And the Holy Spirit goes, that's the one. Now listen, despite what you have seen in picture books, Jesus was not born with a halo. No, a lot of people think that, you know, Jesus kind of had this nuclear glow about him. So they bring him into the temple. It's like, <laughs> If Jesus had glowed, everybody would have gone, wow. I mean, if Jesus had grown up, let's think about it. Jesus grew up in his hometown. He couldn't have had a halo. He couldn't have glowed. He couldn't have floated. He had to walk. Because if he had been that, the way that he's portrayed in art, no one in his hometown would have doubted him. In Mark chapter 6, if you read it, Jesus shows up in his hometown. He starts teaching, and all his hometown goes, where did he get this? This guy's the carpenter. We know his, his mama. I work with his brother, but Lowe's. Sister works down at Starbucks. I know, we know the whole family. This, we, who, who does he think he is? And they got offended at him. In fact, he couldn't even work any miracles there because all his hometown is sitting there like this. If he had a halo, they'd been like, oh, halo boy's back. Everybody line up for some miracles. And by the way, Jesus never, never did a miracle until he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. I know some people say that had Jesus healing little birds and stuff when he was a kid. If Jesus healed little birds and stuff when he was a kid, his hometown would have known it. He, went, he didn't grow up in a big town. He grew up in cut and shoot. <laughs> I mean, really, Nazareth was considered like a... It, no offense. If you're from cut and shoot, I am so sorry. I, <laughs> just the name cut and shoot makes you think this cannot be a big metropolis. <laughs> he didn't grow up in a big town. If he'd been doing miracles, they would have never rejected him. In fact, when, they, when this hometown said, isn't this the carpenter? They didn't call him a miracle worker. Are, are you following me here? What I'm trying to do is sometimes we, we have to take the religious thinking out of our head and realize that Jesus grew up and he looked pretty natural. And he seemed pretty natural and he did carpentry work and he was a good carpenter. But when he began to stand up and preach the gospel, people in his hometown began to look at him and go, who is this? And why is he working miracles? He was anointed by the Holy Spirit when he was baptized by John. Well, let's just go ahead and jump to that. Next verse. I can, I can feel the skepticism. The next one. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. When Jesus was baptized by John, remember John didn't want to baptize him. John said, whoa, 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 you're the one that should be baptizing me. You're the one that's going to eventually baptize people in the Holy Spirit. He said, no, no, let, let's do it. We got to fulfill righteousness. When he came up out of the water, the Bible said the Holy Spirit came on him in a bodily form like a dove. Right there you see the Trinity. Here's Jesus, the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, and God speaks from heaven and said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. There's a Trinity right there. From that point is when you see Jesus begin to do miracles. 
So Jesus, who emptied himself of all his privileges as the, as the, the immaculate child of God, listen guys, he didn't know everything. He wasn't omniscient, omnipotent. He emptied himself. He became like us. He dealt with the same things we dealt with. If he didn't become like us, then the, how in the world could he have been tempted like we are? I can hear religious cows going, <laughs> the Bible said he is able to aid us because he suffered the same things. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. He went through things. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit anointed him is when he began to do miracles. Later on, Luke would say how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. I'm trying to show you this that the Holy Spirit was present before in Jesus' conception. He was present at his confirmation. He was present and baptized him and empowered by the Holy Spirit is when he began to do the miracles. Jesus, listen, Jesus can relate to us because he became like us. He did not sin. He never missed it. But he dealt with the same temptations that we do. Now, that will actually help you if you go ahead and just buy off on it. I think a lot of people think, well, Jesus knew everything. He, 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 he was not. Listen, the Bible said he saw a fig tree one time, and he went, to, he went to, to, to get some fruit, but there wasn't any fruit on the fig tree. If he was walking in omniscience, if he knew everything, why would he have gone to a fig tree with no fruit on it? He would have known. There's nothing on that fig tree. We're not going there. He became like us. He emptied himself. He never sinned, but the Holy Spirit empowered him. And when we begin to think about that, that begins to open up huge possibilities for us. Remember, Jesus actually told his disciples, the works that I do will you do also, and greater works will you do, because I go to the Father. Do you realize that some of the miracles Jesus did are still taking place today? People are still getting healed today? Do you know there's documented cases of people being raised from the dead today? One of the missionaries we support is a, is a man named Ben Gill. And Ben, for years, spent time in, in Bolivia. He had at least two people raised from the dead under his ministry. You say, well, I don't, I don't believe that. Believe it. God's big. The day of miracles, there was, never was a day of miracles. There's a God of miracles. And he hasn't changed. He's still empowering people to do amazing things. So, now listen, if you're thinking, I don't know about that. That's why you want to find scripture. And find scriptures that help you understand why you believe or why you do not believe. But you need a basis for it. You need to go, I believe because this is what the scriptures say. Or this is what the scriptures say. And so that gives me a basis for believing. That's why I'm going through so many scriptures here, is to give you a good basis of what the Holy Spirit is and who, it, who he is and his ministry and the things he can do in us. Because when we become open to that is when we begin to recognize him. And when we begin to recognize him, we begin to see more of his involvement in our lives. So if you realize, hey, hey, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Hey, the same Holy Spirit that healed people 
lives in me. Hey, the same Holy Spirit that revealed to Simeon, that revealed to Elizabeth, that worked in them, is in me. And that, that puts me at a real advantage. And when we begin to find that advantage out, then we can begin to cooperate. I went to a, a Burger King one time. I was hungry. I wanted a Whopper. Drove up to the drive-in. Reached over in my wallet, opened it up. I had nothing in there. I had to pull out and couldn't, couldn't get my Whopper. I was hungry. Feeling pretty sorry for myself. And I really felt bad when I got back. I was, I was out of town, went to a hotel room. I was looking through my wallet, and in a secret compartment of my wallet was a $20 bill, which would have purchased numerous Whoppers. <laughs> but I didn't know it was there. And if I didn't know it was there, it did not do me any good. If you don't realize that the Holy Spirit is in you and he's there to help you, it's like he's not there at all. But when you begin to say, Lord, I want to thank you. that You've given me the Holy Spirit. He is helping me today. I have a partner who is really, really smart. And he's helping me. Inspire his. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. Thank you, Father, for revealing your spirit to us that we can learn to respect him, to respond to him, to recognize him as he moves in us. Father, that we can be great testimonies to you and to your goodness. Since your bowed and eyes are closed, if you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord or I'm just not sure if I do or not, but I want to be sure. Or maybe you're here tonight or you're watching online and you realize, you know what? I used, to, I used to have a relationship with God. I used to walk close, and I've gotten so far away from him, maybe during the pandemic, maybe during some of the things that have taken place. And you realize, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm just so far away from God, and I, I don't like this. I don't want to stay this way. Or we're going to say a prayer. It simply begins with the believing prayer. That's you tonight. This prayer is for you. If you're watching online, you can pray with us. If you're here, I'm going to ask you just to do one thing. If that's you and you say, Alan, I really do want prayers, would you pray for us? Would you real quickly just slip your hand up just across the auditorium and say, Alan, that's me. Thank you. I got you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yes, way in the back. Got you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, if you're online, you're by yourself. Pray this with us. If you're, if you're with others, you can pray it quietly. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Maybe you, maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you really wanted to. You can pray this prayer. It's a heart prayer. We're going to pray it with you. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. And Father, for those who have come home and those who have come in for the very first time. Lord, we thank you for that. Out of darkness into your marvelous light, a new creation, New spirit, and your spirit lives in them. What a wonderful privilege. 
we'll be eternally grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen to me real quickly, if you will. We're going we're to get out of here in just a second. I realize when I, when I start talking about this subject that oftentimes people either don't know a lot about the Holy Spirit or they've been taught differently. So let me encourage you, stay with me, because it actually gets better. And if you will, but, but if you have any problem with what I said, look these scriptures up. You can, get, you can get my outline. I believe you can get my outline online. And it'll give you all the scriptures. Look them up for yourself. Examine it for yourself. Don't believe it just because I say it. Believe it because the scriptures say it. And, find, and that's, that's always the safest, best way to go. May the Lord bless you, protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We're praying for you. Have a great week. God bless. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.